What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Swanky Disc Golf Show. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Luke. I am your host. I'm joined, as always, by Josiah. And then we have a very special guest this week. We have Mr. All Business Brad from Thank you. Foundation Thank you. Disc Golf. How are you doing, Brad? Good. Um, first of all, Mr. All Business Brad is my dad, but I, I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah. Hey, coming strong with the dad joke out the gate. That, oh, that was great, here, guys. I've been, I've, uh, I've, I've been waiting for the call. I, I felt like Swanky <laughs> was going to call me. I'm kind of like, like the fat bearded Batman. Like I knew that the signal was going to go up, and then I'm, I'm waiting for it. So no, I'm happy to be hey. here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, we are excited to have you. Is your dad's name actually Brad? Also, or that was no, just a, it's, it's Jeff. Joke. It's nice. Jeff. It's Jeff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> say it'd be a great point to get to know about you. You have a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was. Uh, it was relaxing, you know. My whole family pretty much was sick, so kind of got to stay in the house. But that's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. No, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. For those of you listening, we almost always ask each other how our weekends were. You probably listen to this all throughout the week, but we always record on a Monday. <laughs> so that's yeah. why we're always like, "How yeah. was your weekend?" Yeah. Uh, yes. What about you, Josiah? Play any disc golf this weekend? No, I did Ugh, not. Bummer. In fact, it snowed about two and a half feet. Wow um so i went snowboarding <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but yeah i to be honest i don't think uh no so i did actually go disc golfing on thursday because i was in texas oh yeah and holy cow <laughs> that texas wind is nasty it's yeah. so texas crazy wind. <laughs> so yeah that was the first time i'd ever played disc golf in texas i've been in texas what course before, did you play i uh, it was a small course in west texas i was in midland texas which i thought actually was where the cheaper by the dozen movie was based off of <laughs> and i found out that midland in cheaper by the dozen is a fictional town in illinois but i did find out that the next town over from midland texas is odessa which is the basis of friday night lights love that yes. so that was kind of cool. friday night lights um, so yeah so it was a, it was <laughs> oh, a super too. small me course <laughs> nice. yeah great show um so super small course wide open uh basically it was nine holes where they had 18 tee pads, but nine baskets. And oh so God. you would kind of use a different tee pad for the same basket to make it 18 holes. So super fun. Um, awesome. But yeah, I shot, I brought like three discs. And because I live in Colorado, they were all flippy discs. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I brought them to Texas where I'm now at normal elevation with 20 mile an hour winds. Yeah. So yeah, I threw a lot of hyzer rollers that I didn't know were possible. So <laughs> that was fun. So here's my U disc. I don't know if you can see, <laughs> nice. I have this one outlier here. <laughs> And that's in Texas. That's awesome. It's in a uh, nice. little town called Waxahachie. Wax. Nice. Shout out and to any listeners in Waxahachie. Hey, shout out to <laughs> yeah. Brown Singleton Park, the one Brown time Singleton I played Park. there. Yes. So, that's yeah. funny. Same thing, Josiah. I was on a work trip, and I had like a few discs in my luggage that I took with me. <laughs> and I was like – It's just habit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, ah, this looks fun. It was – the park was nice, but I definitely thought I was going to be murdered to like because I was playing it kind of dark and dusk, and I was like, "This is definitely a bad idea. No one knows I'm here. This is definitely that's like funny. a true crime yeah, waiting to happen." Funny. For those of you listening, he showed his U disc map, and there's like a bunch in Virginia, and then one that's outside of Virginia. It's in Texas, so that's so uh, that was great. For those of you who don't know, Brad, you want to tell us a little bit about what you do right now. And yeah. we're going to get into your story a little bit, how you got there. But what's your what's your current role? All right. Well, my current role, I'm technically the vice president of sales at Foundation Disc Golf. I'm the founder and co-owner 
of Atlas Disc Golf Supply, and I'm nice. also the co-owner of Disc Dot. Awesome. Very nice. There you go. Why do you say technically vice president of sales? <laughs> That's just kind of like the arbitrary title that you <laughs> nice. know we decided on when I started. I do much more yeah. than that. It's it's a lot. It's yes. more in depth than that, but. You know, it's just kind of one of those things that happen. But that's my official title. That's what's on my paycheck. That's awesome. They haven't changed it to all business, Brad, yet, is what you're saying. No. no. You need but some I do business have, cards. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll, I think I've never told the story of how I've received that name. That was actually so we'll going to be that. my next question. Oh, yeah. So I, I would okay. really love to hear that. All right. Well, Luke, I don't want to roll over your question. Oh, no, please. No. Okay. Go. I did, not, I did not choose all business, Brad. It chose me. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously, it's mainly the main. My main roles are pretty much everything behind the scenes. I have my hands in one way or another. Whether it's like uh, the customer experience through all of our retail, both online and in person. I mean, um, any of the vending events we do, any of like the franchising we do, any work with like you know uh, creators like Swanky or Robbie C. Um, any planning, pretty much anything you see. I'm not necessarily the creative guy, but I just, you know, Hunter and Trevor and Brody are like, Hey, this is what we want to do. And then a lot of times they're like, how do we do it? Or, Hey, make this happen. And they're a lot nicer than that about it, but that's, it's my job. I can I, totally I see Hunter about. saying that. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they usually come to me like, it'd be cool if we did this. And I'm like, well, we probably can. Let me see if I can make it happen. Like the bogey, bogey bird tour. Right. Oh, they yeah. dreamed of doing that. I'm like, I can do it. And they said, okay, well, We'll see. And I said, will you give me a trophy if I can get it, make it happen? And they said, <laughs> sure. And if anyone's seen my picture of my desk, there's a trophy that says um, outstanding contributions to the Bogey Bro West Coast tour. So no that way. did happen. That's um, amazing. Yeah. It's very cool. I have a thing with trophies, um, you know, both giving them and receiving them. <laughs> that's but that's awesome. a whole, that's another story for another day. Oh, so all business Brad came to me. Um, I did not know the guys actually started calling me that. Um, and I'm not super familiar. I mean, I've become more familiar with Barstool, but I, I know that's oh, a yeah. lot of our modeling. We do foundation and our media is a, uh, kind of like uh, Barstool-esque, right? How we kind of have our own personalities and different, like, you probably see it now that I say it, but yes, you know, we yeah, kinda, yeah. that's kind of how we structure our sense. media, especially our podcasts. Um, Does that make Hunter had, Dave Portnoy? <laughs> yeah, or... I think he's Dave Portnoy. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Nice. Whether, I mean, he, he definitely is a pizza aficionado it. too. <laughs> no, yeah. I think he'd be proud. I think he would be proud. Um, so yeah, they, I guess they were just talking either on uh, a Heiser Club mailbag, which is our Patreon podcast, or on Griplocked. It was shortly after I was hired, maybe a couple months in, and they started referring to me, and then they just started calling me All Business Brad. <laughs> and I didn't listen to whatever they started calling this on our Misty episodes or whatever. And uh, we had was it a battle for Bedford and we had a Heiser club like Patreon play around with this kind of event. Mm -hmm. And, um, a couple of the Patreon members, like were, I heard him say like all business Brad and I like kind of looked at them <laughs> and I, I just started. Right. And I, like, I wasn't really in a whole lot. I just started in the bag not too long after that or before that. And I was like, are, are they talking about somebody else? Are they like, kind of like rep, like making my name up or something like that? And uh, we were at New London Disc Golf Course here in Lynchburg, and we were walking the holes, and Hunter's wife was, like, beside me pushing their son in a stroller. And she comes up to me and says, 
So what do you think about the guys like nicknaming you all business Brad? And I'm like, I knew there was something going on. It's going around. Yeah. So I didn't know. And I went up to them. I'm like, have you guys been calling me all business Brad? And they just started laughing and kind of like walked off. So, you know, that's it. It just, I mean, that's, it was given to me. I had no choice and it's kind of grown on to me. What's funny is um, this just happened maybe three or four months ago. Like, obviously I do all the ordering and everything through all the manufacturers and um, Innova, uh, West start anytime I order anything from Innova West, they put like care of all business Brad like on the packages That's and stuff. Awesome. So they they even have my name in the in the system as all business Brad. So it's kind of cool. And you know, even at USDGC, like walking around, and I'd hear like, "Hey, all business Brad," and it just nice. I don't know, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. But yeah, I all business Brad was given to me, and I think I grew into all business Brad in a way, like a beautiful yeah. bearded flower. <laughs> you were going to say butterflies, like, hey, man, yeah. <laughs> flowers yeah. <laughs> flowers good too, yeah. <laughs> no, there are definitely worse nicknames to have. I would, I would oh, own that for one. Sure. That's a good one. That is true. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. It seems official, so nice. I'll, I'll, I'm going with Did it. Did you grow up in Virginia? Are you in a, a Virginia native? No, I actually grew up in southern Ohio. Oh, um, okay. Good choice. I, yeah, I live to move. Yeah, right. Yeah. What what well, part yeah, of Ohio was, hit me so, with it? So uh, near Athens, Ohio. If you know where okay. Athens, Ohio is, I have um, family in like Dover, New Philadelphia area. Oh, so you're they're like way up past like Lancaster. Yeah. Um, and and yes, in Ohio we call it Lancaster, not Lancaster. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a Lancaster, Ohio, and a Lancaster. Yeah, same thing Connecticut. in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're like, don't say Lancaster. Yeah. You'll sound like an idiot <laughs> yeah right of course we're um, out here yeah. in georgia calling the town martinez martinez so i don't yeah. know it's a little well, too late for that <laughs> yeah we, we have a we have a town here i forget what it's called now i'm gonna blank but uh i'm just oh it's uh it's it looks like uh buena vista but they call oh, yeah. it Buena vista that's so uh, that funny bothers me because there's a buena vista where i live that i swear should be pronounced buena vista and I'm just like, yeah. they're never pronounced what you want them to. So, <laughs> yeah. I but what I, what I learned, I, I don't know if it's that town. It's a different town. This is something I learned from Trevor. I don't know which <laughs> town it was. It was surely it wasn't Buena Vista. It had something to do with like the civil war and like when there were spies and people, <laughs> oh, they said oh, it wrong I on have purpose. Heard this. Yes. Yeah. They said it wrong on purpose to like no outsiders. I literally know what you're talking about. I can't think of the city's name though. In a, uh, yeah, in Virginia. It's in Virginia. It's not Buena Vista, yep. but it's yeah, one of those. Somebody has mentioned it before, and it's weird. Yeah. It's like the way they pronounce it is not how it's spelled at all. That's no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember the name but, of it. But yes, Southern Ohio, so near Athens, Ohio. If you look at Ohio, the little boot that's kind of on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Like I came, I, I hail from the boot. Nice. Um, I was like ten minutes from West Virginia, so I was very like very close to West Virginia. Um, yeah, I lived there my whole life until March of 2020, the best time in the world to move anywhere. Nice. Wow. Um, so you lived I, there a while. Yeah, I, pretty yeah. much my entire my entire life yeah. like, until 2020. Um, so yeah, it was kind of cool. And then yeah, we decided to move. We had um, family down here that we visited a lot and just needed to change the scene. At the time, I was uh, flying like all over the country for work. And my nearest airport where I was living in Ohio was like an hour and a half away. Um, so that one way, so that was kind of a grueling trip to and from, especially when I'm coming back at like one in the morning sometimes or leaving at three in the morning. Yeah. So, um, you know, had a, an airport here is like 10 minutes away. Um, mm. families here, we like love the area. Um, so we decided to move, you know, and it was, it was literally like a, it, it was like a movie because we were like packing and like 
you know, kind of taking our time, but we had it like a week or so. And then there was like this uh, threat that they're going to like close borders down. Remember like yep, all of that yep. stuff. So we literally were like, okay, well we got to go today. And we just like, we went from just like neatly packing the U-Haul to like literally throwing stuff in the top <laughs> of it and like left in the, you know, the, the darkness of the morning. That's crazy. Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. I didn't even know what disc golf was. Wow. <laughs> did you go to college or anything in Ohio or did you go somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. So I went, I, I it's funny. I jumped around a lot in college cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually, I got into like pre-med initially. I was going to be a veterinarian. Wow. Um, dude, we have a close friend who is in vet school at OSU right now. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I got into pre-med at, uh, OU, which is in Athens, Ohio. And then oh, that nice. was my goal was to go to OSU to go to vet yep. school. Um, did the whole thing. I like, I worked and volunteered at vet's office for like seven years and did the wow. whole thing and got into school and kind of hated it to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel that, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was hard. It just, I was like, I can't think of my life being this all the time i just can't do that yeah Yeah. um so then i switched uh over and i was in music education i did that for three years Wow. okay um and i I had like a year left and i was like man i had a couple friends that did it uh that were music teachers and i was like i can't live that life it's just (laughs) there's a theme here yeah um and so I was like, I'm going to do this for me. I got into kind of like some um, audio engineering and then awesome. I eventually went to a, a technical school and got a degree in audio engineering, but I also did a minor in wow. like business and finance. Okay. So then that, that's kind of where I started like getting my hands. I've always been an entrepreneur, like since I was a kid. Um, yeah. I, and so like that, like I kind of didn't ever see myself being like in business or interested in business, but it really started piquing my interest and started, I had my own little uh, studio I started and like uh, me and my wife had our own business and that it just kind of nice. trickled from there. Just um, like I, said, I always tell the story when I was young, um, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and there was like, my neighbor had this like really nice long uh, old like outdoor dog cage, like that had a ceiling and everything in it. Yeah. Um, and like I uh, bought a, uh, a pitching machine and ran like a batting cage out of her like yard. I like leased it from her and like had kids wow. come through the neighborhood <laughs> and like, you know, uh, pay to do the batting cage. I, I, uh, me and my cousin had a uh, bike repair and like customization shop. I was like 10 <laughs> and we were like making money. My parents were like, what are you doing? Where are you making this money from? Like kids want to buy bikes, man. So um, <laughs> Uh, That's crazy. I've always been in, I've always been in that and just kind of like into that and I, di- I didn't really notice it until I started taking some of those classes and it kind of like yeah. piqued my interest. That's really cool. Did you have a focus um, instrument or or voice or anything like that or just education in general? Uh, no, so I, my I was education in general, but we had to obviously declare a major instrument and then mm. a secondary. Um, so percussion was mine. I'm a Dude. drummer by nature. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. I was a percussion major for two years and a piano really? was my secondary. Yes. Yeah. Same. I, had to, no, I, had, yeah. I had to take secondary. I had to take <laughs> nice. piano as my secondary as a requirement. Dude. Obviously. Yeah. Super fun. Um, super painful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, my piano teacher was great. So I really enjoyed it. That's good. Um, yeah. That helps. And, but yeah. my, at my school, I was at this, um, like it was called university of Rio Grande. It's like a private college. Okay. Um, yeah. And they have like, it's funny, I was the only like decent drummer. So like they made me be in all the stuff. Like I had no choice. Like yeah. everyone's like, oh, my extracurriculars were this. I'm like, I didn't have a choice. I had to play in rock ensemble and jazz ensemble and all of the like, um, uh, classic, uh, 
all that <laughs> stuff, you know, like uh, all the people's uh, auditions and everything. And I had this really good percussion teacher and I had to learn to play like four mallet marimba and vibraphone. And nice. Wow. All that stuff. So it was cool. It was, a. am uh, grateful for all those experiences, but yeah, not for me. No. Yeah. I feel, yeah. I switched like my going into my junior year from a music major. So I do, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So sort of coming up into business and starting to enjoy that. What was the job that was keeping you moving around a lot or um, around a lot? So the, I guess the best way to explain it was, um, I was like a business consultant of, of sorts. Um, but specifically for audio, um, uh, audiologists, ENT surgeons, wow. uh, hospitals, universities. So these doctors and surgeons, if they're, um, if their business or their practice was struggling, I was like the one person like business SWAT team, they called me, I would, <laughs> they would fly me out and I would literally basically grab their hand and take over their practice with them and say, okay, here's like, I'd look at their P and L's and all their, all their like finances. Like, Hey, here's where the holes are. Um, I'd analyze their staff and their doctors and surgeons and say, Hey, here's where I see some holes. Um, let me train them. Here's the marketing plan we can do. Here's how you need to like, um, set your business goals and here's how your customer experience needs to be. And this is like what branding, like I would literally do everything from help them hire a janitor to like strategic financial analysis and like hiring. So I would be like, um, I'd work like hand in hand with them. And then eventually the, the biggest, um, I guess, uh, compliment would be, they wouldn't need me anymore because they kind of like, I would teach them they were self-sufficient and I would kind of move on. And I would have like, I don't know, 20 to 50 of those at a time. So I'd be flying That's crazy. everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. So spent a lot of time in Texas. I had a lot of uh, clients in Texas and Florida and California and I mean, all over the East Coast. I mean, from basically Colorado, kind of like I didn't have a lot in the Midwest out there, West, Midwest, but really from Colorado all the way to New York, all the way down to Florida, all the way over to Texas and a few in Man. California. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, did you enjoy travel or was that more of something that was a burden? <laughs> it it was fun at first. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm thankful like my parents like didn't have a lot of money growing up, but we, they were always making sure we had experiences and could go places. So like I would, I always felt like I didn't miss out. Like I wasn't one of those kids that never traveled or anything, but it was cool to see like, the country and even like Mexico and Canada and some other places like that. Um, But like it got old really quick. I'm a family person. Like I love my family. A lot of people want to get away from theirs. I want to be with mine. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the, what really hurt was when the boys were starting to get older and I was starting Mm -hmm. to miss, like I missed a couple like bigger things. I always like, I was pretty good about always being there for the big stuff, but I was missing a few things. And then um, really the straw that broke the camel's back was my niece got engaged that I was really close to and I had to miss the party. And for whatever reason that like it hurt, like I just really, I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to miss so much of my boys' lives and my family's lives. So um, that's when I just really started not enjoying it. And then like the industry got a little crowded with like big pharma and like all this other, it just got a little messy. So just, I didn't love, I didn't love all that. Nice. No, yeah. So all business, Brad, is not always all business. <laughs> no, I, I would say I'm I'm business to fuel the like the people and yeah. to make sure like people accomplish their goals. Like that's why I'm business. I'm business for that's the awesome. result. I'm not business for the money. Uh, <laughs> now, 
let's not confuse this. <laughs> Businesses have to make profit yes. in order to sustain and fuel goals and dreams of people. Yep. So let's not get that get no. that misconstrued. <laughs> that is a good but, view of it. But like I, I tend to be in my most business when I know that we're driving for an important goal or people mm. are trying to reach goals or milestones in their life. Like that's what fuels me, like building people and uh, helping them reach their goals. That's what I always love, especially about what I used to do. I mean, I could, I could probably call three or four people right now that I'm still friends with, the doctors, surgeons that I help put their kids through medical school because, you know, like – I helped them, their business were, were failing and they turned around and were profitable. Wow. And I showed them how to like, you know, run a successful business. So, um, and I, that's what I love about that too. So not all, all business, Brad has a soft spot. for sure. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And so is it after that job, you moved to Virginia? I was, was still doing that, that like... job when I was oh, still okay. doing that job when I moved to Virginia. Um, I actually moved up in the company. I was like, I think the youngest executive in the company's history, probably. Wow. Um, I think my nearest person in age was like 50 or 48 <laughs> or something like that. Um, and I was like 30 at the time. So uh, now I moved down here and I, uh, again, I was a, I didn't know anything about disc golf at all. Um, I started going to a church down here and um, because of my audio engineering background, they needed some help. Silas was <laughs> nice. actually doing all the, audio engineering and stuff. And he was on a great job, but um, he was really good at all the technical stuff. And like, I knew more about like the actual audio, like mixing live audio. Again, yeah. he did a great job. It's not that he couldn't do it or anything. Uh, just, I brought a different ear, a different like set of skills. No. Yeah. And that's huge for that. churches. I'm a worship pastor at a church. And like when it's, when mostly volunteer run or even like part-time run, it's, it's, if you just like happen to have somebody in your church that knows what they're doing, <laughs> that mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. And that's sometimes yeah. like all you can ask for. Um, yeah. And they were, they were, and when I moved down here, it was like, um, because of like COVID and lockdown, it was, um, outdoor service only. Oh, so wow. like obviously mixing oh, sound outdoor, <laughs> yeah. Out, outdoor like service. There's just a lot of challenges that come along with that. Right. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. And I've had a lot of experience. I used to play in a touring band and played all these festivals and, the worst awesome. audio and best sound systems back and forth. And again, just some training. And uh, this is why I love Silas to this day. Like we're like the dynamic duo. He like, <laughs> he's a, he's a gearhead and like so much more knowledgeable and like knows all these different systems and everything. But I was just more of like the practical, like, okay, here's the system. And like, how do I make it sound good? So I started um, helping them. We just started attending. And then I noticed the sound was a little off or they're struggling with a few things. And I just started like, Hey, I can do this. I can help if you need a hand. And then just slowly started trickling in. And one day um, after, you know, we we're kind of like church was over. We were all breaking down because we had to like pack it all up, put it in a trailer because it was all outside, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Hunter was doing, he did the video and like the live, like um, all the live video and uh, words for the worship songs and all nice. the, like, you know, whatever you call it, the yeah. media person. Yep. Uh, and did the all the cameras guy. for our life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, nice. that's right. Um, so they, he started, he grabbed some discs out of his car and was just like throwing them in the field with Silas as I was like carrying a, like a speaker. And I was like, what is that? Those don't look like normal. <laughs> they look like Frisbees, but they're not Frisbees. Yeah. Um, so I was like, so I went up and like, what are these? And they're like, they're discs for like disc golf. I'm like, disc golf, what is that? And um, they kind of described it to me and, 
where I, in Ohio there were a couple of parks and I I saw the disc golf baskets there before, but I didn't know yeah. what they were. And I was like, Oh, that's what those things are. Um, so I, we got to talking about it. He's like, yeah, I can, cause Silas hadn't played before either. And he was like, Oh, I can take you guys you out and play sometime. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. So Hunter took Silas and I out for our first ever disc golf round. Silas and I started on the exact same day. Um, <laughs> we, he took us to Peaksview park and on number 10, I threw a, like, cause it's like a straight shot and there's like a pond down to the right. You should never throw at. And I remember I threw off the tee and I hit a tree and it went down straight down the pond and I felt so bad. <laughs> so I lost Hunter's disc. I didn't know anything about foundation or Hunter. Yeah. And I'm, like, okay, Man, I'm yeah. so sorry. I'll buy you a new disc. I'll go to play. He goes, no. he goes, trust me, dude, I got plenty of them. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Whatever. Um, That's hilarious. So then, yeah. And again, at the, at this time, Paul Macbeth was going to our church and Brody was going to our church. And I noticed Brody because uh, me and my brother played ultimate Frisbee a bunch growing up. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I watched him on Do Perfect and Trick Shots and oh, all yeah. that. So I knew yep, Brody. Yep. I'm like, oh, that's Brody Smith, like the ultimate Frisbee guy. But I didn't know Paul was there at all. I didn't know that who he was. Um, but it just all started to come to light as I talked more with Silas. And I noticed like on our um, our gear racks and stuff, there'd be like a foundation sticker and like some disc golf stickers. And I'm like, what is that? And, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and Silas is like, oh, this is foundation. Like Hunter owns foundation. Hunter was humble. Like he's a very humble guy. Like yeah. he he didn't say anything about it. <laughs> um, so I started like Googling and watching videos and I'm like, this looks really fun. And like after I played, I was hooked. I grew up doing um nice. I did uh archery, like competitive archery. So oh, we travel. Wow. I paid for a lot of my college doing archery. Um so yeah, me my dad was like a certified Olympic archery coach and he ran wow. like he was like a, a board member for the state of Ohio for this organization. And he taught in a couple of uh, colleges. So like, since I was a kid, I had a bow in my hand. Um, but it was like, it was very similar. And I hurt my back really bad. Uh, I did MMA for a while in, uh, at the end of high school, going into college. And I hurt my back really bad. And I wasn't, I was, I wasn't able to shoot a bow for a long time. Wow. Um, so when I went out to play disc golf, it really reminded me of like the things I loved about archery, which are, um, tar 3d target archery is very similar where you're like, you walk in a course in the woods and like, here's the, here's the stake where you shoot and there's the target you shoot at. And it's like, you guess the distance and you have to shoot and then you score it and then move on to the next one. So that's cool. And you're, and you're doing a hike while you're doing it. So you're like, Oh, I'm doing a hike, but I'm having fun doing a hike. Not a crazy person just hiking. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I really loved that about it. So I just kind of like, and I, I'm just kind of like this. My personality is kind of like it. You can't see it behind me, but I have like an entire like uh, Lego city behind me, all organized in bins by collar and like <laughs> shape. And nice. um, and like I have a saltwater aquarium over here. And you've seen my fish tanks at the warehouse. When I get into like a hobby, like I get like way into it. So I started mm. watching foundation videos and like watching coverage and I just kind of got hooked. And then I was like, oh, wait, Paul Macbeth? Like, he goes to my church. I, like, sat beside him the other day. Um, uh, So I started getting way into it, way more into it. And then, you know, I was traveling. It was probably a year in or so, maybe almost a year and a half. Um, And then the guys one day on Griplock, I was listening to Griplock, and I was – I think it was, like, 3 in the morning. I was driving on this, like, dark highway in Louisiana, like, oh, why am I doing this job? And then I hear them say, like, just a casual comment on – 
you know, like, you know, our business is growing. Maybe we should get like a business consultant or something in here. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we should do something like that. Yeah. I wish I could find the episode. Like, I really wish I could find that. That's awesome. It was. Um, and then I um, had a local pickup at this time. I, I'd been playing and like I ordered a local pickup and picked it up at the old store, which is where the studio is now. And um, the guys kind of left. It was just me and Hunter chatting a little bit. And I was like, hey, I know that you like um, casually just said this on Griplock, but here's what I do for a living. And if like you guys ever needed like someone to do that, I don't know if you're like to that point or not, but I'd be willing to talk about that and just see if that's something you guys are interested in. Um, and Hunter was just very nice about it. I was like, oh yeah, well, I don't know if we're there that, yet or not, but you know, I'll definitely let Brody know. And, you know, <laughs> we'll just, you know, if we need something, we'll let you know. And that's just kind of how we left it. And I was fine yeah, with that. It was yeah. a very nice conversation. He was kind and, you know, I get a text like a day later, maybe, maybe not, maybe two days later where Hunter was like, Hey, I talked to Brody about that. And he really wants to sit down and talk to you about it. Um, so like the next day or the, you know, it, this is all within like three or four days. I sit down oh, with shoot. Hunter and Brody and like, um, you know, I'm, they're like, Oh, tell me what you think about it. And I'm like, uh, I had to bring like their finances and like, you know, I was like, Hey, well, let me just take a look at it and just see if I can see anything. This is what I do for a living. And I can kind of tell you. And they showed it to me and I looked and I was like, oh, okay, well, there's definitely some things I think you could do. You know, I don't know the industry very well, but I think that what I like the recommendations I have are kind of like um, industry agnostic. I'll use that term. Like they, they <laughs> yeah. kind of like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So they're like, okay, well, uh, can we meet in a couple of days? And can you give us like two or three like main things you would attack if you were in a role that would help us do that? Well, I brought them like 12, like, you know, whatever we met. And yeah. I, I looked back at that list not too long ago, and I think I've accomplished like 10 of them. Wow. So um, That's awesome. And yeah, a couple of them just didn't matter after the other ones. But, you know, we pretty much have stayed the course to that. Um, but, yeah, and they kind of met about it and talked about it. The hard part was like coming to an agreement on like, you know, like like pay. That's always the most <clears throat> the hardest one, right? And, um, so yeah, like I, I, uh, I kind of gave him that proposal. We agreed on some terms and gave my work a notice and, you know, I slowly transitioned, like, I think like 30 days in, I was kind of like half and half. And then that last 15 days, uh, I transferred out. So yeah, it was, uh, it was oh. crazy. I know you guys have been to the warehouse and I kind of yeah. told you before, but you know, it looks very different than what it did when I came over there. <laughs> and, you know, now we have Jason who does like all the customer experience stuff, all the customer service. He pretty much handles like packing, shipping orders and along with a couple other people now. And like, that was just me. Like I was over there, I was doing the, like brand deals and like all the other stuff, the business stuff that I was doing, plus the customer service, plus the shipping. And it was wild. It was a, it was a, it was a good change of pace though. I did like doing like being a little bit more hands-on, like, yeah. like a little physical labor and too. And not having to fly so, everywhere. <laughs> yeah that was nice and like going home every day that was a weird yeah. that was very weird to get <laughs> you know when when we first uh when it first transitioned over i came home on like a tuesday and wednesday and my wife is like this is weird i'm like she's like not bad just weird i'm like i know yeah. this is very strange i don't know what to do with myself man that is funny so yeah with an audio engineering and business minor that's a that's a total god thing dude that's awesome yeah for sure, dude. I, I'm blessed beyond measure. It's just, it's one of those, like, it's just crazy how sometimes, you know, and not to get like super religious on everybody, but 
when you <laughs> like you you think you know what you want for your life, but like God has another plan for you. Absolutely. And if you like sometimes just like let that lead versus your own desires, it's crazy what situations you'll get into. Like I play with frisbees all day for a living. Like <laughs> yeah. I never thought Pretty that awesome. would happen. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, you know, here I am on the Swanky Podcast. So it's Heck uh, yeah, <laughs> very cool, very very blessed and very grateful, and it's been a crazy ride, but I've I've loved it. That's awesome. To talk the financial side of things, and if any time mm. I ask a question that you're like, I cannot disclose this information, please tell yeah. me. Um, yeah. What am I correct in assuming you took a pay cut going into this job, or yes. no? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I. I uh, I'm comfortable saying I took like close to a fifty thousand dollar pay cut a year wow. to come to this job. <laughs> gotcha. um, again, perfectly reasonable. Like I'm being paid yeah. very like reasonable. It's not like you know foundation didn't shorten me or anything. It just it's just a difference in industry and like yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Um, uh, but again, money is not everything. This is oh, again. Yeah. I I know my nickname's all this is Brad, but. Um, <laughs> Money's definitely not everything. There's like there is a price tag on being home with your family every day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, that's what I was thinking. That is a that is a tough call to make, but that's that's awesome that you're that you're in that position now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a kind of game to play that has to do with disc golf and business ish. Love it. But the game is not really going to work if you've seen this article. How up to date are you? Are uh, how up to date? Are you with Ulti World articles? Um, I almost purposely stay away from Ulti World. Okay, so that's I'm good not. to know. <laughs> I do too, but I saw this on Instagram. Did you see their average manufacturer fandom score? I know no. you might have seen them post the, or like, I think the PDGA posted a fandom score for players, and I know Foundation mm-hmm. talked about that a good bit, but you haven't seen the like fandom score not, for. No, not the disc golf companies. No. So basically, okay, this it worked the same way. Um, the way it works is they pulled the says the phantom scores below are an average given by third 3,040 survey respondents. I don't know okay. who those people are, but they basically said on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about this company? Okay, uh, one great. being the worst. So it gives me a list of the, how many is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I, I don't know if it's the top 10 or just the most popular 10, okay. but I just want to have you try and guess the three top and the three bottom who were the oh, okay. most popular and least popular. And this is just people's like mm-hmm. gut reaction, not sales, not related. That's kind of what I want to talk about, but okay. see if you can <laughs> see if you can guess the top three and the bottom three. Okay. Top three. Might be. Uh, top three is, uh, I would almost say in this order, All right. um, <laughs> Discraft MVP family Innova. All right. So, not quite in that order, but those are the correct three. MVP okay. is number one. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. I have, I have, I have, I have details. <laughs> I have details for why. Okay. I like MVP, it. Yeah. Um, so within the bag podcast, we're working with a new company called Disc RPM, and they're kind of catering their whole okay. platform to us, but they're giving us a lot of data, which is cool on, and in our community, you can join them in the bag community and like put your bag in there. So I have metrics cool. on our 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 community and like what top manufacturers they are bagging. So gotcha, yeah. The only thing that swayed me Discraft to number one is because in our our community, Discraft is number oh, one, yeah. MVP family is number two, and Innova is number three. So it's interesting to see. I should have figured yeah. Ulti World readers probably favor Innova. <laughs> yeah. I should have figured that. 
Yes, Innova, uh, which is, by the way, between Innova and Discraft, a point zero one difference. But okay, that so makes sense. MVP has a seven point three out of ten. Okay. Uh, okay. Innova six point seven seven, Discraft six point seven six. Okay. Um, which yeah, it's pretty crazy. I yeah, I have to imagine that that does not. I don't know if it reflects in sales, maybe recently, but I still feel like there's no way with all of Innova and Discraft's like production outside of just the disc like innova is in walmart and stuff like that yeah, <laughs> and this right and right dicks and stuff like so i i don't know do you feel like you see that reflected in sales yeah i mean i mean discraft is pretty much our number one like brand um yeah and, and i i I have to like really be careful with that because I think a little bit of it is skewed for a couple of reasons. I'm obviously Brody's <laughs> yeah. a part owner of Foundation, yeah. so like obviously we're gonna be heavy there. But also like Foundation used to be Discraft only, so like yep. the brand recognition with Foundation and Discraft is pretty synonymous. So yeah, that that comes into play. Um, MVP definitely picked up. Like the Simon effect was a real thing. Simon effect um, is very real. <laughs> yeah, so Simon was out was also voted the most like the favorite he had the highest fandom score as a player yeah that makes sense um and then you know i i will say mvp sales are kind of like hitting a wall um okay just because i think they they've played the production and lag and uh wait for drop game and we don't have yeah. inventory game too close like they've like almost mm. damaged that a little bit like it was fun waiting for a little bit and then now that all the other manufacturers have like picked back up and they're yep. still like way far behind, I think it's like starting to hurt their brand a little bit. And they're like, they're constantly holding stuff back. Like we couldn't get hexes for like a year. And then like the Lozado like dropped wow. fine. Yeah. I get it. But you're also killing like your, maybe the best mid range on the market. And like, you have a lot of market share there. Yeah. So and they've been doing without, that for a while too. I feel like they've, yeah. yeah, they've been weird about that. I don't think it was their fault when envies were a thing. But there was no. a minute where you could you couldn't buy an you could buy an envy on eBay for fifty bucks for like an yeah. like a whatever their soft plastic <laughs> envy yeah electron soft insane. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you want to take a guess at the bottom three yes I do um, <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, gateway is definitely there probably um, let's see gateway I'm just trying to think how like niche we're going here. So these uh, are the top 10. I don't know if it's the top. There's only 10 in the entire list, I think. There's only there's only 10 in the entire list. So it's like the 10 more well-known companies. Yeah. So it's, it's got to be Gateway. Um, that's got to be one. I'm going to say maybe even Legacy is in there. Um, and then the third one's going to be hard. I don't know like how Prodigy... I'm going to put Prodigy down there. Well... <laughs> I don't know. No, that's they have all that European following. I don't think Prodigy's going to be in there. That's this one's tough. That, that's that's tough. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> Legacy Gateway. And I'm just going to throw one and say Elevation. Okay, so you were a little too niche with those. None of those <laughs> okay. are actually on the list. <laughs> um, th these are these surprise me a little bit because um, I would have thought stuff like that too. Although Gateway, that is a that's a stray there. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> Connor is going to be really upset. Yeah, be, hey, if Gateway, if, hey, if any of Gateway people are listening right now, here's what I'll say. 
<laughs> say what you want about Gateway. There's no Gateway in my bag. I am not biased, but mm. I will say this. Mm. If I call Josh from Gateway right now at 9 o'clock at night Eastern time and need something, he will get it for me. Wow. So take take note, big brands. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gateway, Gateway, I feel like, has a cult fandom, which is why I think, like, People who wouldn't have heard of them on this list would have been like, I guess five. I don't know who they are. Or it would have been like their mm. cult fans and been like 10. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, at the very bottom of the list is Lone Star with a 3.5. Oh, I almost, I almost <laughs> said that. I really did. I yeah. was like, Lone, Lone Star maybe in there. Okay. That makes sense. Which is far. I feel like I, I could be wrong. Do you guys, do you guys have Lone Star? Do you guys carry Lone Star? You, I think yeah, you, we do. did. Yeah. Okay. Do they we, sell? We, you did, don't we, have to answer that. But do they sell pretty well for you guys? They did initially, um, <clears throat> then it kind of slowed, but their production got way behind. So that okay. that was a killer for us. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I think they have, they were new and exciting, and then a lot of people yes. do them, and they still have really good, like, the tumbleweed always sells when we get them in, the dome. I mean, there's, they have, like, their molds, at uh, Warbird, for example. Mocking, yeah. mo- I, I bag a Mockingbird. I think a Mockingbird's Mockingbird's great. so good. Mockingbird's my favorite out of them. Yeah, for sure. So they have real, yeah. some really good molds. I think they've transitioned from a new cool like brand where everybody <laughs> wants to try everything to like, okay, they're probably like, I would call them legitimate where they have some some molds that are like, okay, these are their like cornerstone or keystone like molds and they like sell really well. And then they have some random stuff. But based on our Bearcat sell, sales, they've like decreased <laughs> in popularity. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I see them as having low fandom because of their pro players, because Nico LaCastro was at the bottom mm-hmm. of the pro player fandom. And so yeah. is Emerson Keith. We were still a little confused on that. I heard there were some. That's weird. <laughs> he was literally like third from the bottom or fourth from the bottom. It was like Nat really? Ryan, Nico LaCastro, Joel Freeman, Joel Freeman, and Emerson Keith were the bottom four. And I was wow. like, that's. I don't know what Emerson Keith did, <laughs> but yeah, what, maybe there was some happened. controversy. Uh, but so I don't see I don't know if that's reflected in sales though because I see a ton of people throwing Lone Star and I know their whole like team thing is kind of gimmicky but I know several people just off of like seeing them on the course who bag only Lone Star because they're on the Ranger team yeah. and it's like they have like a 10% off code <laughs> or something yeah. like that and that's yeah. why they do it I'll say what you want about that it, it was a brilliant play in theory I will oh, say yeah. that them the, with the whole dog. For those of you who don't know, uh, somebody uh, a post went semi-viral in the disc golf community where a guy was like, "So Lone Star has been advertising their Ranger team to everybody who has a heartbeat." And I signed up my dog <laughs> for the Ranger yeah, team, right. and my dog got accepted. Uh, and it was hilarious, and they got memed for a while. But then they posted like they were like an advertisement for join the Ranger team, and on the picture on their website, it has a dog as like the. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it was a good play. You got to own it. Jo- Josh was in our uh, Josh was in our uh, foundation uh, Facebook group. He joined it. it was like, hey, oh, I heard nice. It. So he was in there like <laughs> memeing himself. So he's great. He's a good sport, and I mean that's yeah. what you got to do. I mean, just yeah, own he's, it. And he seems I like a cool that. guy. I think that's who we've yeah. we've talked to whenever we talk to them. Oh yeah. Uh, the next one is Prodigy. Prodigy was second to the bottom. So you were almost there. I don't know if the Europeans are in that ulti world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah that's what but, that's what know. gives me like you know i, I kind of took it back because of that but i get it and i'll say this about prodigy too like i get it like i when i first started 
like every time I touched a prodigy disc and like the chalkiness came up on my hand or the flash, I'm like, why does anyone throw prodigy? And what I will <laughs> say is like, like the, they've made a lot of strides and they're like feel their molds yeah. and everything like their new stuff. Like I just got in a bunch of stuff today. The, all the new NHL stuff is dropping. Oh yeah. Uh, like yeah. the rest of it. That's and, exciting. You know, some of those, there's like really uh, like 500 M4s and like uh, 500 spectrum PA fives. Oh like, yeah. Spectrum Classic is actually so nice. Yeah, so like the they've made a lot of strides in their manufacturing and like any of the new prodigy stuff, like great. So I'm giving it a chance. I think I'm gonna bag the F seven. I think the Vortex the is coming F seven is money. Yeah, that one I think is just carryover from the years they had of flashing. Mm-hmm. And they well, are getting better at it. Go well ahead. we have to think about the the Gannon Burr situation too. That may and have the been, Gannon like, Burr situation. Yeah. Yeah, which was a rough look all the way around, <laughs> and yep. I'm not going to speak to it too much. I don't know everything that happened, but that was a rough – yeah, that was a rough go. Um, they're getting a lot better at it. I will say – I don't know. I, I would love to – we have plans to try and go over there and do, like, a factory tour thing if they'd mm-hmm. if they let us. I would love to, like, give them the opportunity to tell their story more. Um, mm-hmm. But, Yeah is what it is next is dynamic discs which okay. was surprising um i don't i almost went the trilogy route i just didn't know if like yeah which which brand um again west side's another... not on the list at all latitude is pretty high but dynamic yeah. discs is down at the bottom. again i think latitude like with Kristen and albert tam and like some of the uh even uh i know they're all trilogy guy like folks but um I think those like Europeans really carry that brand. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of like power there. And I mean, especially the new plastic they've come out with that, that makes sense. Like um, I think a lot of that like orbit plastic and stuff they've been doing is sold is really well good. for us. Yeah. Um, dynamic. I mean, that doesn't really surprise me. I think there's a lot of like what we see a lot of times. And this is like, it's funny because we have all of these people in the room when we're making our business decisions. Like you have me, who's a COVID golfer, right? That is like <laughs> yeah. a new person. Then I have like Hunter and Trevor who are like old school. Like they've been playing for like 12 years. I say old school, but they've been playing for like 12 <laughs> years. Like and like in their twenties, but yes. Yeah. In right. Disc golf, well, it's been... old school. Disc golf's a young yeah, and sport. Then, and then I have Brody who's a pro from that angle. So it's really cool having all those points of view. Yeah. But I will say like, I hear often from like Trevor and Hunter, Oh, I forgot how I forgot this was a good mold, or like, oh, the, the, you know, like it's usually a dynamic mold. I think they've been around for a while. What's killing dynamic is just like I understand they're trying to be new and exciting, but they're killing me with their acronyms on or their adjectives on their plastics. <laughs> like, so, you know, like it's just it's it's overkill, and I think it's causing a lot of brand confusion. And it's just like it's a common business practice, like. If you want uh, your customers to make a good decision to help your business and direct like what way your business should go, you need to give them three choices, typically maybe five. But when you give them twenty, they get confused and they don't know what to pick. And that's not yeah. in, that's not no, insulting anyone's intelligence. It's just like analysis paralysis. Like, well, is Lucid X fly better? Is Hybrid Lucid uh, hi, Hybrid Lucid <laughs> Chameleon? You know what I mean? Like, yes. what do I what do I pick here? <clears throat> no. It's a lot, which ironically they have that commercial of Danny Lindahl being like, "Are you 
overwhelmed by all of these disc options. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I, I saw that. And I'm like, what are you talking? I about? I love Danny. Danny. He's an awesome. Guy, I do but too. Yeah, Danny's great, like, but there's so there. There's is like the most confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I will say. Yeah. yeah, that that's that's probably why. And you know, I just I recently just started bagging the Vader, which you know. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm loving it, and I just I would have never touched it, but I finally just I threw it for in the bag, and I was like, okay, this is actually pretty good. So I, I think I want to nice, dig yeah. a little bit more into trilogy. Yeah, I've been bagging the escape. The escape is yeah money. I love that yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so the the question we've been talking about with these lists that have come out, do you feel like uh, manufacturers and players should concern themselves with these fandom polls, or do you think they're not a big deal. We were like, we should run one for content creators and see how. <laughs> how yeah, well, that's feel about that. <laughs> that. That's what I was gonna say. If like a fandom poll came out and foundation was in the bottom three, I I would like have an emergency meeting and be like, guys, <laughs> we gotta fix this. So I, yeah. I think they should be. I think trilogy should really look at themselves and say, and I'm sure they feel that. I'm sure if they pulled their sales numbers, they would see that. But mm-hmm. I think they need to ask yourself why is that happening. And I think you know, and I mean. It's funny because Ricky is like a beloved like figurehead to dynamic, yeah. and you know he resigned. We got a helicopter in this video, and <laughs> uh, but you know he's been sick. He's been out. He's having he had a rough season from a health perspective. Um, but I don't I don't know where he ranked on the fandom poll, but I don't feel like that affected his like value yeah. as a person. But I think yeah, they I should remember. really. I think be he was concerned. kind of middle of the road. Though, he was in the he, middle. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. Yeah. I think they just need to like, look at that. Um, and some of it can be like brand awareness. And like, for me, I would be like, okay, what marketing are we doing? And like, obviously it's not working or we're not painting ourselves in the right light. So I, I think they would. And I think that, you know, uh, I'm sure Calvin Heinberg was probably pretty high in the fandom vote, right? Yes. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. And I think that's why someone like Calvin Heinberg, who, yeah, maybe he's not winning a bunch of championships, but he's very valuable because he moves plastic and he's beloved by the community and people, a lot of people like yeah. Calvin. So I think, I absolutely think everyone should gauge, because I mean, the ulti world people, they're a very small fraction of the people that actually think what they think. And I think those people, you know, are way invested in disc golf. I would even probably go a circle outside of that and say, okay, is there a uh, like a poll we can do or look at that's like less like even Ulti World? There's only yeah. a small portion of people. Like, what are what is there something we can step out and look at from afar and see if this is a real problem? Um, and I think that the people on the top should be very like cognizant of like, okay, what is it that we're doing so right, and let's keep doing that right, and like let's not all be naive. Like, disc golf this year as an industry is starting to level out to be more normal. Like we had the COVID boom. That's not, that wasn't going to last forever. Now we've kind of leveled out. I think we've, we've, I mean, technically as an industry, I've had a down year. Um, thankfully, like, you know, foundation has grown this year, which is great. Um, nice. But I think in a down year, the industry needs to look at itself and say, okay, is this normal? Are we like leveling out? And yes. The answer is yes. And, why, since we're leveling out, how do we adapt and how do we adapt our brands? And that's, I think what Discraft and MVP and Innova are all doing well is they're very good at branding themselves. Like Discraft is kind of like that cool, like, you know, that kind of guy, like your cool older brother, um, like you just want to be like them and be like the people that he <laughs> yeah. hangs around with. That's what like Discraft's really good at. MVP is like kind of like the new hotness and like everyone's crazy about it. There's a lot of like, hype and like 
people it was the hated thing it's like the the girl that was ugly in middle school now she's like a hottie <laughs> like that's what mvp is like that's a good example because people did hate on gyro for a while yeah. and now people oh. are like gyro's it gyro yeah, is I, it <laughs> i did i did when i started and i did for no other reason that's what people acted like and then <laughs> um i think innova is just like that steady like they are just they are a figurehead of disc golf and they continue it's funny without a lot of like really prominent pros they still have like this grip on the industry and it's just because like you said they're in walmart they're in target they're in dicks they're all over online they have their hand on all these tournaments and uh they're just anywhere you go innova's there and they've done very well at being a presence and that's what they've done really well um so i think those brands need to continue looking at like hey what have you done right and how do we keep doing that and like really match it to the trajectory of like the actual uh, industry now that's like kind of become a real industry and it'll slowly trend up as long as nothing crazy happens like with disc golf um you know it'll slowly trend up but it's going to be like an eighth of the speed as it was you know the yeah. last two years yeah you kind of answered my next question that i had planned was in the the whole realm of the disc golf market you of course have the covid explosion uh mm. which happened to a lot of a lot of different niches and hobbies and I mean, especially in like the outdoor sport, sports world or the online world of content creation right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've even felt it in content creating that there was like a really fast boom and now things are leveling out. Do you feel like we're getting to a more realistic place for the whole disc golf market? And Josiah, feel free to chime in here, ask questions or give <laughs> thoughts. Um, but do you feel like we're leveling out with the disc golf mm-hmm. market? And I guess you kind of mentioned you think it's going to trend upward. Do you think is that yeah. like? You think across the board it will continue to slowly grow, or do you feel like I, I, we've kind of like hit our we hit our peak in twenty twenty one? So, well, I I think we hit our peak in twenty twenty one for a while. Yeah. Um, as far as like if we're talking about growth ratio to like year over year, um, I think what we saw this year is kind of a dip down, and what we're going to see probably in the next two to five years is um, we saw the big boom, and then people started making real money at disc golf. Again, disc golf is pretty attainable for everybody. Like you don't have to be wealthy to get out and get golf lessons and Mm -hmm. like go to like a country club and all that. So, you know, it's kind of like soccer in a way or, you know, football for you, non-soccer folks where you (laughs) have, everyone kind of has an opportunity to be good at it. If you have the skill and like you, the talent you put the work in, um, it's pretty accessible to a lot bigger crowd. I think what we saw this year leveled out from this big giant boom. And then what we're going to see is those people that came in. Like I look at my, so my 10 year old, right. Um, he is very good. Like he can throw over oh, yeah. 300 feet. He like wow. is accurate. Like he understands it. And there's thousands of him that are, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. of all different levels that are, we're going to now see start competing. I mean, even like we're seeing the, Gannon Burrs and even Isaac Robinson's not like super old. And we're seeing like some Cole Riddell and some of these younger guys like really progressing fast. And we're yes. going to see that like times 10 on the amateur level that are trying to work up to that point. So uh, I think that's going to have like kind of a ripple effect with their friends and their circles seeing like, oh, my buddy Luke is playing and he's like actually making money playing disc golf. That seems fun. We should play. So I yeah. think, we'll, but we're going to see a steady, realistic growth year over year, like maybe, you know, five to 8% versus like a 
335% or whatever you just posted um, in 2021. You know what I mean? So I think it hit a level. It kind of backed off a little bit because there were those just people that were just playing because it was something to do. The people that really fell in love with it or like, like it are staying. And there's more people that are coming up that are like probably younger and that's why, I mean, we're putting a lot of emphasis on growing the sport from a younger age and giving yeah. it to youth programs. Cause you see, I mean, there's a ton of local schools here that are now as a part of their like uh, phys ed curriculum are getting disc golf in, you know? Um, so I think we're going to see that growth, but a small sustainable growth versus a large boom. Um, so I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And absolutely. That's something that is very much so neglected in a lot of new things is like, it's awesome that we get to do this, but the most important thing is the next generation and getting them yeah, involved right. and getting them going or else it's just going to fizzle out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I wish we would be even, I know we're starting to be a little bit more public with like the professionals and how much they make, but I wish we would be even more like, I wish we were to see every contract that comes out, like let the mm-hmm. world know, because if people were to see how much Simon Lazat's making right now, they would be like, what off of this? Yeah. That's a, I always tell people when I'm telling them about disc golf, I'm like, Paul Macbeth got a 10 year, $10 million contract playing disc mm-hmm. golf. And they're like, what? <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Now, I, I feel like that's a part of my elevator pitch to people when they ask what I do. <laughs> yeah. And I tell them disc golf and it's immediately followed by like, Hey, people make millions of dollars doing this. It's a real thing. Yes, We're not just like throwing thing. plastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we are, are throwing plastic. We are just throwing plastic. But we're making Yeah. That's awesome. So I have a question for you just on your opinions on this. So like clearly there was the COVID boom of disc golf and there's a mm-hmm. lot of really young talented disc golfers that you mentioned like gannon and cole and the robinson brothers but i i would also classify them as the uh old school disc golfers you know same as hunter and trevor they've <laughs> right. been playing yeah. for you know yeah. 12 Isaac's to 15 years as a child and there's yeah. a lot of really talented disc golfers right now that are like 18 to 22 that have been playing for 10 years but then i think there's a whole bunch of disc golfers that are just getting into it that are in high school right now seeing like right. oh and that is yeah. what i think is helping increase the amount of people that are playing so because of the covid boom i feel like there's two things and we've talked about like kind of the leveling out of disc golf would you say that mm-hmm. the leveling out is monetary or is it people actually playing like would you say that like the leveling out is can like just because of how much people are signing up for pdga memberships or spending money on discs or would you say mm-hmm. that the sport of disc golf is still growing but maybe we're not seeing the amount of spend because i feel like a lot of people did what probably you and i did is we got into disc golf semi around covid we found out that there's collector discs and there's this whole like Mm -hmm. niche side to the niche sport where we can spend a whole lot of money collecting discs on you know the black market of disc golf but there (laughs) is a lot of people who don't really care too much about the collector side and aren't spending as much money. They'd rather throw it. So would you say that that like leveling out is more of a monetary thing or is it just a, an all, all around people getting involved as well? I think it's a really good question. I, I feel like it's leveling out on an intent, uh, like an attention span. Okay. Um, again, I think the people that are really, cause from my experience, uh, I guess, uh, revenue per transaction or like, you know, how much people are spending per transaction in disc golf since I started has gone up. Um, now the, the amount of purchasers has gone down. 
Okay. So I think it's an att- attention thing. Now, it, again, there's probably a skewed number in there where like you have like probably different sections or segments of customers where, you know, us three on this call, we're like, we're going to purchase a lot often because we like, like new discs and we're like nerding about the plastic and this person's mm-hmm. throwing this, I got to try this. Uh, but there's a lot of people and, you know, we see them in the retail store. They're a first time player. They come in, they're like, oh, this is really fun. I had, I took one disc out. That's really fun. <laughs> and they play with one disc for a while and then they yep. bump up to three and then they're good. They have like yeah. a satchel side bag. They have three discs. They play until those are like beyond recognition or they lose them. They buy one more like eight months later and they don't really venture much outside. There's like a lot of people, even local that don't even realize we have a YouTube channel. Like those, that's the person I'm talking about. Yeah. Nothing wrong with yeah. that person. I think there's a lot no. of like, I would imagine a lot of recreation. People. They represent the overwhelming majority and yes. people don't realize Probably. that. And that's how it is yeah. with most niches in general. When I go to a course, 90% of people that I see have either a very small bag or a satchel. 90%. Or like a drawstring bag they got at, you or, know, yes, like literally like fair. a drawstring bag yeah. with three yep. discs in it. Uh, we play at some of the most played courses in Georgia. Whenever we go, there's groups of like 10 people just yep. playing with each other with like a disc in their hand. And I yeah, think that's right. like people who just play disc golf. It's to say we're big gamers. We play Fortnite, and I always feel like I suck. And then I play with somebody who actually sucks, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm in the like top ten percent of players," and that's why yeah. I get crapped on all the time. But <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's similar. And that's also there's so many players who probably during the COVID boom jumped, bought, filled up their bag, and now they're you know they're just replacing discs as it comes. Yep. So, that and makes I sense. think that the dangerous part. I think there's also a segment of customers that jumped in head over head first got the wrong information bought a oh, really yeah. a bunch of really bad discs and hated it and never played again i think there's yeah they bought a, a calvin heimberg halo destroyer as their first disc that is why we make the videos that we make <laughs> right yeah absolutely we make the beginner so, disc guides <laughs> so so yeah just i think it's uh the attention span has like I'll say of the, like that giant boom. Yeah. We've had a lot of like trickle off from attention. Okay. The people yeah, yeah. that are here to stay are here to stay. And those people are consumers and consuming both content, both mm-hmm. probably a lot of post-produced, but also some live. And then they're also like con- consuming like podcasts and all that stuff. So like those people are here and that, that segment of people are going to grow steadily as they really convince their buddies and they, they get really into it too. And people stumble across it on ESPN, like, oh, I played that in college. Maybe I should try to pick it up again. Like, we're going to see that, like, slow trickle up or fill up that we, uh, like, I'm anticipating. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a lot of that. And as far as money in disc golf, I'm going to say this very carefully. Like, there's a lot of money <laughs> being put into disc golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, there's way more money being put into disc golf right now than is being drawn out of it through, like, mm-hmm. revenue. So that is also dangerous. That's where a lot of companies like, because we had the COVID boom. Here's all the consumer, the customer base boomed. Yep. Um, it took the actual industry, the like wholesale, like uh, uh, retailer side to catch up. That's why you're seeing like now there's like, there was like one disc, like Heiser Rack. That was really nice. Now there's like 10 of them. There was like one retriever and now there's like 20 of them. There was yep. one stool. There's like yes. 20 of them bad companies all that so like that i think that's where atlas was successful is like atlas jumped in very quick 
and got brand recognition. And now we have that. And I'm very thankful for that. And then like a bunch, like a bunch has come after that, even like disc golf companies, like think of how many disc manufacturing companies have come out since then. So, um, so we had this big consumer boom and then we had a bunch of retail and then what happened. And I think this is why it's been a down year is the people fell off. So like, again, more money was put in from a like development product, like development side, retail side, stores Mm -hmm. open, online retailers open. A bunch of that came in to meet this giant demand. And like, let's just say the demand was like 300% and retail came in and said, Hey, we're going to bring in 350% worth of supply. And then now this year we have like 250% demand. So like, that's where you've seen some fall off and, it's getting that's I think towards the end of this year that's leveled out a little bit. And we're gonna see like there are the right companies are staying around that are gonna continue to help elevate and people are getting good taste in their mouth. And I think people are getting directionality on like what is good content, what to you know, digest, where's a good like what blog do I read, what like YouTuber do I go to, um, you know, what manufacturer is yeah. even good. So <laughs> that is all kind of becoming more clear and I think we'll see more sustainable small sustainable growth come in after all that that makes sense that makes sense just keeps getting more and more oversat it's like everything else now like if you Mm -hmm. tried to start a some sort of golf apparel company right now you'd Mm -hmm. be like i can't compete with nike (laughs) right you know yeah Yeah. And and that's part of it too i think it's just like knowing who your company is and what you're doing as well i mean you know I think that's, you know, this dot does one thing. Atlas does a couple things. And yeah. then, yeah. you know, foundation's good at, good at, you know, like the media and, you know, customer experience. We're trying to give a better customer experience than the other like retailer along with like valuable information and good content. So all packaged together. So it's just about like knowing who you are. If you go into anything, not even just disc golf, but any business saying like, yeah. oh, my reason for starting this business is to be like this person or my, my goal is to, uh, accomplish this monetarily you're probably going to fail you need to have like a real why behind everything a little simon yeah. for everybody like you have to start with your why and why you're doing what you're doing and then like the rest of that will fall into place obviously so i think that's what we're seeing there's definitely if i think about it right now i can think of companies right now that i work with that are they have a clear why and they're really trying to do what they're doing for a good reason and like bettering what they're doing and giving people a doesn't mean you can't get paid for that. You're just giving them a good like solution to a problem yeah. or a, a, solving a need. And then there's other companies that are just like on a bandwagon. They're just trying to like jump in and be like, Oh, this, we just need this for disc golf. And I don't want to say anything specific. I don't want to call anybody out, but it's just not, there's nothing proprietary about what they're doing. There's nothing. They're just like, Oh, let me just like slap this on and like, let's just do it for disc golf. Um, 100%. And that's the companies that are going to struggle. No. And I've seen that it's definitely, it's similar in like, the creator world like i was big into youtube is the reason i got into disc golf Mm -hmm. basically was because them together made a lot of sense and it was a lot of fun and i remember Mm -hmm. going on youtube and looking up what are some good beginner discs i think i literally typed that in like beginner disc golf discs nothing showed up except for i think one danny lindahl video where he was like these are some good dynamic discs that would be good for you and Mm -hmm. i was like dude what in the world and so then started doing a lot of research and I was like, there is a gap that could be filled here. There's a need. Right. And that's the same that any creator niche, always we give advice to creators. It's like, fill a need. There's got to be, or like you have to have a banger idea <laughs> or yeah. th- there's got to be some sort of gap there. 
Similarly, or, in the creator world, yeah. these bit we've seen so many businesses start to collapse lately because people mm-hmm. were like, oh, I made an Excel spreadsheet program that's specifically for creators. And it's like, yeah. that's great. I'm just going to use Excel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you got to have something proprietary or at least like presenting something in a way that's valuable to somebody. Again, you can, yeah. you know, Foundation and Slanky, there's like probably some overlap there as far as like what type of content we create, but it's in a different voice and like a different, they're not, they're yeah. not, they're different in that way. And I think it's okay because we're catering to different audiences. You guys do like very good at like, um, like your list videos and like your giveaway videos. And like, that's, I mean, I was a subscriber to Swanky Disc Golf before I was foundation. Like let's throw that let's out there. Let's go re-clip um, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now to be fair, I didn't really know what foundation existed, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, seriously, like uh, Jesse from Trash Panda, like Trash Panda, Swanky mm. and Robbie C. Yeah. Like those are the first channels I subscribed to because again, very unique. Jesse like and Trash Panda really, like I, I watch a ton of like maker and creator woodworking. Like, yeah, Jesse you know, I kills love, it. He yeah. does so good yeah. with that. I, I love like just the behind the scenes. This is how it's made kind of video. So like he really like brought in that like creative engineering, like brain with disc golf, which is really cool. And I, I love like sustainability and recycling. That's important to me. And I brought it to all the businesses I'm a part of. And then, you know, like you guys, I love like the, like the giveaway, like the lightheartedness, like the, the beginner style stuff, which I really needed at the time. I still need really, to be honest. And then <laughs> um, we Rob, appreciate that. Yeah. And then Rob, Robbie is the same way. Robbie had that, like that deep dive, mm-hmm. like let's nerd out about like this one second of your throw that I really needed as a person I am to really dive into playing better because uh, I am competitive. So it was like different. And then when I found out about foundation, like I was like hooked because obviously the I love the podcast. Like that was great for me for traveling. And I love just like the goofy, like challenge videos, yes. like high entertainment like, value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, I just couldn't stop watching them because they're just, were so, and like, again, yep. the personalities, which is what foundation I think is really good at is like mm-hmm. giving each person a personality and like highlighting them and doing it in a way that's funny and like kind of degrading, but in a hilarious way. And <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I love that. So no, I think, um, I think it's good that, saturation can be good initially if like and again i think there's just a natural in any business it doesn't matter what industry it is there's like a natural like selection there's a darwinism of like okay like these businesses are going to survive because a they adapt and like maybe they go in with an intention but they kind of adapt and kind of overcome or um there's like just like a leader or a team that's really strong that's just going to like keep pushing and really making it so adapting, really, I think those are the businesses that are going to stay there. I mean, foundation is like great and a healthy business, but we've had to make a lot of pivots um, just because you try to have foresight and see what's coming and read the writing on the wall. And if you really pay attention to the industry, yes, I don't really read an art ulti world article, <laughs> but I'll read, I'll read other business articles and like, just see if I can see those trends happening in disc golf or like, you know, just I can look at our like numbers coming across the table every month and seeing, okay, this is success. This is not. And there's some like humbleness. You got to be humble in business and a business leader. You have to say, okay, that was not a good idea. My bad. Let's <laughs> yeah. correct. We are not you know our I mean? ideas. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you just got to pivot and overcome. And, you know, that's something that, again, having Brody 
Brody and Hunter. And I think people will be surprised that I say this about Brody. Brody's a very humble guy. Like he has like this, he has a personality, like he is the dark horse, <laughs> right? But he's a very generous, like humble guy. And same thing with Hunter and uh, Trevor. And it's what keeps the business going well. Is like, no one's afraid to say, hey, we need to course correct here and see what's ha- like, this is what's happening. And we need to adapt and like pivot and just move on with that. And no one's egos get caught up in it. So I think that's what, what's good. And we'll see a lot of businesses like that. We're, we're seeing a lot of them now that are standing pretty strong and cool innovations coming into the industry that are good people that are trying to do stuff for the right reasons. Um, and we're going to see that happening overall. And those people are going to be- benefit. It's like, a, it's like an investment, right? Like people are putting in money now, they, their investment may be losing like on the, on the dollar right now, but you know, two, three, four or five years, they're going to see that 5% growth in their portfolio. And that's going to really be and you know, as that number 5% of, you know, 10,000 is a lot less than 5% of 5 million. So like, as that like keeps increasing, we're going to see a lot of um, successful longevity. And out of that's going to become innovation. People talk about like how much innovation can there be in disc golf, but I think we're not going to see it yet. We're going to see it like a couple of years down the road when real mm. stuff happens. Yeah, that is awesome. Very good point. So I have to ask this question, and you can answer it however you need to. Okay. Um, this is a this is not a business podcast, but if you've ever watched a business podcast mm-hmm. interview ever, they say, "How much money does your company make?" <laughs> and so obviously, you can't probably say that. Some people can, but. What is like, how much money does foundation make <laughs> or yeah. you? So the answer can be like whatever scope you imagine you, you can answer with, but yeah, I, yeah, this, gotta the ask. scope, the scope that I can answer with is I have an NDA, <laughs> so okay. I can't say nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's funny. Okay. Did Nothing you draw wrong. up your own NDA? <laughs> um, I, I did. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, I edited it, but no, um, <laughs> Uh, I will say um, foundation is, is doing really well and it's awesome to be the company that's showing real growth like year over year. And since I like came on board and we are able to like support a staff of like 12 people versus that's crazy. three or four people. Yeah. Um, and that's like, again, I, I'm so political with this. I'm like diverting this question so well. No, and, you're, like, uh, yeah, you're doing great. Um, <laughs> But no, like it's because of our fans. I mean, what's what's nice yeah. and like the the blessing part of it is, you know, where some businesses really struggle. Like, yes, in a down year, like as far as like retail sales, like we've thankfully had an up year there, but it wasn't as much as we thought because it's a down year. But thankfully, we have media and content creation and some other projects we're working on. Yep. The, my biggest thing when I came in is I said that you know we need to diversify our revenue streams because if you rely on one revenue stream and that there's a dam in that river, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So like one thing we've really built is like really diversifying, and that's really helped us with focus and like you know again we can support a staff, we can support a retail store, we can support a in-person store and a, a, you know, a studio and a media, a couple media outlets and someone like Robbie C who's now under our umbrella. So, um, and that's because of our fans and like just hanging in there, having good, good, um, good guidance and like a lot of amazing people that support what we do. We get to do what we love because our fans are incredible and our fans have been dedicated and stick and stuck by us. So um, very grateful for that. So that's my political answer. 
That's a good answer. A great answer. <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, all right, we'll play one last game, and then we're going to go. So what we typically do anytime we're covering a uh, a week of disc golf pro tour action, we'll do we'll predict for the next week who's going to be who's going to win, and mm-hmm. then who's your like underdog who you think will do well. We're going to do okay. that for manufacturers next year. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So, but let's not go by sales because who knows if we'll get that report. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll go by fandom score because I'm sure we'll get yeah. a fandom score next year. So let's predict who you think is going to be the number one. Uh, we can all three do it and see who wins. Although whoever goes first is just probably going to pick MVP or discrap. Mm-hmm. But that's how it goes anyways with us because whoever goes first just picks Kristen Tatar and gets automatic <laughs> yeah, points. Right. It so it's kind of realistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then let's do an underdog. And the underdog will say has to be somebody outside of the top three. Cannot be MVP in mm-hmm. a board discraft because they're all pretty far above everyone else. Who do you think will like be the highest on the list? So if anyone's going to jump up on the list who's it gonna be and this list yeah. you can say any company if you think gateways like you They're know got on the list next year 2024 <laughs> if they jump at all and nobody else moves i would say gateway <laughs> wins um but on the top 10 list we have mv so mvp is the trilogy of theirs mvp axiom yeah. streamline innova right. discraft latitude 64 disc mania dga dynamic prodigy and lone star okay so, so brad can go first because it's he's the guest who do you, you get to pick we'll do a snake draft so you can either pick your favorite who's gonna win or who's your underdog and then we'll go around twice and <laughs> i'm gonna pick um underdog mm. and they're not like a super underdog <laughs> um but i think disc mania is my underdog mania okay. oh that's a good pick yeah that's a really good Dang pick. It, that's a good pick because we know they, they're picking they're, somebody up this year <laughs> yeah they, and they, they're doing some really good things on the retail side and the wholesale side yeah. that's yeah. making it both easy and convenient for like wholesalers they're putting out a lot of smart plastic choices and good plastic um they're like they're killing again, it. their plastic i do i have not felt a bad disc from disc mania I'd agree mm. with that, yeah. Yes, and their their customer service is so good. It's so they're, good. They're great. Like well, they respond to people's do. Oh well, depends on where you come from, but they respond to people's DMs on Instagram. If you fill out like a custom order, they'll respond to you pretty often. And we were trying to run a tournament with one manufacturer. I won't name the manufacturer, and it was weeks. It might have even been months of just going back and forth trying to get them to put our logo on a disc. <laughs> and they finally put our tournament logo on a disc and there inside of our tournament logo was their company's logo. And we were like, is there any chance? Like, it just looks weird. Cause you just stuck it in the middle there. And they said, no, that's how all of us, all of our tournament discs yeah, are. Just, so we called this mania and within, well, first off within like 24 hours, we had the disc designed. And second of all, within two weeks, but under two weeks, the discs were on my door. Yeah. Within 48 hours, we had gone from (laughs) first contact to order placed. And then it was like 10 days and the discs were arrived. Yeah. Yeah, I will, I will caveat my like gut reaction to that with, I've had a really good experience on every, every single encounter except one. 
but mm. it was that sometimes sticks I'm, with you that's okay <laughs> i'm old school i'm old school i like to pick up the phone and call someone okay yes and yeah the person i called on the phone was very rude to me gotcha. interesting and i did not enjoy it yeah so yeah. just heads up out there <laughs> no, that's a, i will don't say call people <laughs> if you if you walk into disc mania nothing screams old school so i'm not surprised that that's true yeah i know may not be their strongest i think the oldest person there was 30 yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and like guys i'm not an old guy i'm 33 here but i i just dang man i feel like like, like so much more gets done that way oh it's so much faster yeah but it's also terrifying like what (laughs) yeah to be fair to be fair i will i'm trying to be fair here when I did call them, like, it wasn't like rude, like, hey, stupid, why are you calling me? But it was kind of like almost <laughs> like, whoa, you're, why are you calling me right now? Like, short, so, yeah. Maybe it was more of like, oh, I've never taken a phone call in my life. <laughs> so, okay. uh, I didn't hear anyone answering phones when we were there. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, they, I don't cool. think they even have phones. They, I called them on a disc. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so Discmania is my underdog. Discmania okay. is a good underdog. I have a feeling they're going to pick up a player. Um, because they got some money from Simon. Uh, but let's go Josiah next. Uh, for a winner, I'm just going to take Discraft. I don't know Taking why. Taking Discraft, okay. Yes. You think they'll come out number one? Yeah. I don't know why. That's very surprising to me. I don't know why. No explanation for that. <laughs> They're super all. close. They yeah. could. So. They could. Uh, I think I'm going to take... My, um, I'll take my number one and just say MVP Axiom Streamline. It's going to, I think Simon's going to drop his, is it the Pixel next? And it's, they're just going to, I think for at least one more year or however long they're rolling out these Simon. Although if they take, if they only release like one or two Simon discs in the whole year next year, I think it's going to be a little bit rough the following year that people are going to be like, okay, this is getting old because Simon's still like exciting being there. The time lapse was their first twelve speed ever. Yeah. So I think there's going to be some hype with the Simon line, but they're going to have to yeah. they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, they just got to figure out their supply chain. That's all they got to figure out. Yes. And if they're doing it on purpose, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> the ten, although it's interesting, the like ten Simon or time lapses, whatever. To eat. did you guys get ten? Or did you get more than 10 because you have multiple stores? <laughs> no, they would not. They like they were sent us an email like, no, you cannot do that. Uh, no, we only got 10. <laughs> so we didn't sell That's ours. We crazy. put ours in mystery boxes. I like that. Yeah. So the funny thing is that is very similar to I'm a big whiskey person. Um, I love whiskey, like a connoisseur of fine whiskeys. And that's yeah. how it is. Like if you sell enough of a certain product, this company will send you their good stuff and they send you like a bottle, two yeah. bottles, something like that. Right. Uh, and it does, I mean, it mean, it's stupid because they can, stores can, I don't know how they can do this legally, but certain states at least in Georgia, yeah. they can sell it for whatever they want. They can sell that bottle yeah. for $1,200 and people will right. buy it. Yep. It sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also like somebody's going to buy it. Somebody is going to yeah. buy a time lapse for $45. <laughs> right. And it's just like, yeah. it sucks. But, I don't know. I don't know if it's like it's they're still number one, <laughs> but yeah. if they keep doing it, it might get old because people do people get tired of it. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I I I hope they just I hope they get it figured out, and you know I think they need 
they're they're not going to be able to ride the Simon wave forever, so they're going to need someone no, else yeah. to pull in. Yeah, and I feel like I mean, low key, the biggest part of the Simon hype was just that he left Discmania, and that was a huge deal. Yeah, <laughs> it, right. Anywhere he went, he was going to carry them. But yeah, they can't ride that high forever. It's your pick again. Your number one pick. Who do you think is going to be number one next oh, year? Oh, my number one. Um, I wasn't going to pick MVP, by the way. Um, just like the, <laughs> the trends that I've seen, yeah. I think they'll hang number two probably. I don't think they'll hang number one. Mm. Um, it, it'll be close though. Like you said, they're going to do some new disc drops and stuff. So I think there's going to be some outliers. If they if they kept status quo now, I, they would not be number one next year. I gotcha. guarantee that. <laughs> um, number one, I don't know. I you took discraft already, but I feel like. That's Innova okay. is Innova's doing some new like I feel like Innova like made a switch this year on like when I started I still feel like Innova was like we're Innova we just do it better we just do what we do and now I think they're That's getting true. some outward I think they're getting some pressure and again I think they're responding very well by saying like oh here's the it here's the Rolo like they're putting out some of these more like beginner friendly easy to throw the J you know the Hawkeye so some of these like newer yep. disc i think are really like more market friendly and they're they're revamping yeah. all their logos and their stamp designs and they're like they're doing all the all the right stuff so if they continue 100%. to do that um again they don't have a like huge hitting pros but they have beloved pros like people love calvin people love big Nate sexton big Nate Germ, sexton yep. so like people love and i think as long as they keep on that trajectory i think they're going to be just fine so I, I don't have a problem with listing them as like number one I, I, I'll bet. say this. Can I say one more thing about Innova as well? Please, yeah. <laughs> Some, for like someone who first started, like again, I think you had like this subconscious thing with Innova, like oh, Innova's like that cheap Walmart disc, so I'm not going to throw that. Yeah. I'm not going to throw the gyro discs. Those are weird, and no one throw those. Look awful, like black rim and like pale blue. That is everything. really the thought process of beginners. I remember going through that. <laughs> yeah, and you're like discraft the 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 um the Raptor. You know the Zeus. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. The, you know, those are all cool. They like the they really had the ESP like swirly game first. I would almost venture to say, yeah. So they had that going for them, and now like knowing what I know and like knowing all like the old Innova heads and like seeing all these cool Innova discs and like feeling a bunch of them now, I'm like, okay, Thunderbird's not a bad idea. So I'm starting <laughs> to be I'm starting to be like willing to throw more Innova, and I nice. bet you there's more a lot more people like me. Um, so they may be riding that too, and they're maybe drawing them in with like, oh, here's the Hawkeye beginner, here's the Rolo, here's the it, you know. So I think yeah. I'm gonna go with number one because of that. That's a good pick. I feel like Innova is the picture of what companies will all be at eventually, in that yeah. they're now at the point where they have to retire molds and then like mm-hmm. replace them with other molds that are kind of similar, yeah. just to like like the Toro yeah. right now is making huge waves. Um yeah. but it's not really like anything crazy new but i'm sure they just retired like five molds this year <laughs> yeah came right. out and, the Toro. oh yeah yeah all right josiah uh this is i'm gonna pick somebody that's not on the list that i think will Ooh. be on the list and i think it's gonna be clash discs clash discs yes. that is interesting that They've, they weren't on the list i know and they, i know why they're not on the list <laughs> because they're well why <laughs> i want to hear your answer before because the 
Um, the demand was there. Supply cannot keep up. There's so manufactured overseas that raised costs mm. for wholesalers and that raised yeah. costs for consumers. So yeah. I think their pricing is for what they are. Their plastics amazing. Like yeah. I really, I bag a peppermint right now. It's my, I, t- I kicked my zone OS out. Like I love the peppermint, Dang, um, nice. but you know, that the price point's not right for yeah. them. And like the, the supply not there. Yeah. But I we think actually talked about that all the time. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're onto something because yeah. They, well, that's, that's exactly why. Done. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. why I think so. I think they're going to start figuring something out. At least I hope they do. Um, to get more discs in the U S I think that's just what's struggling is that they just, their market is probably a lot bigger in Europe than it is in the U S. Um, cause I'm sure they're probably able to keep costs a little bit more affordable over there. And so I think they should, or at least should make an attempt to start getting costs Mm -hmm. lower in the U S and just getting more discs over here. And so I think for that reason, they'll at least show up on the list next year. Yeah. Yeah, and their branding and marketing is all just like excellent. Oh yeah, that butter commercial is one of my favorite. Or the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, it's one, the butter the is pop, good. The popcorn one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, I just said outside of top three, so I think my underdog pick is going to be Latitude sixty four. <laughs> I think uh, number four. <laughs> this is a numbers game. Yeah. But I mean, I think Kristen Tatar is going to keep winning and keep selling discs and keep it. I mean, she's like a super sweet person. She absolutely destroys everyone with her actions and then builds them up with her words. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hot, hot take, hot take. Maybe not a super hot take about yeah, yeah. Tatar. How many more years do you think she's playing? I think she's playing one. Whoa, oh, that is a hot whoa, take. That is a hot take. I feel like, I don't know what your direction is with that. I don't think it's age. That's not what you're saying. Or do you no. think it's age? I no, think she's I, a big family person mm-hmm. and she's making bank. And she probably doesn't need to play for much longer. Yeah. No, and she could I, be a personality or do whatever on the side. Yeah. I think that could be. Well, and she, like, may, I don't know if you watched the interview she did with, um, oh my gosh, Jonathan from Latitude 64. Did you guys watch that? that recent uh, no, not the most recent one. Okay, watch that. Like, she made, a, she alluded to, like, oh, he's like, oh, what's next for you? She's like, oh, I'd really love to, like, get into coaching and give people what I have through coaching. Wow. And like, okay. Um, teaching them how I got to the point that I did. And again, family person, I think she's missing yep. her family. She's got engaged. She's like a, a celebrity in Estonia. She's like That's beloved true. by her country. Um, there, And I hate to be this way. There's only like, she's not going to be able to maintain that trajectory her whole career. Like <laughs> yeah. This is like, is this like a Michael Jordan scenario? Like, Do you want to go out on top? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know that she's going to play longer. She'll be involved in disc golf. I'm not saying she's leaving, but I would venture, I would, I would bet money that she, this might be her last like full, let's call it full-time year at least. Full-time that in the U S yeah. Full-time in the U S yeah. Okay. Which is, I was going to yeah. say, I could see her like <laughs> dropping more and more U S tournaments to play primarily in Europe. A, well, especially as the European sure. yeah. tour is becoming yeah. a real legitimate thing now, yeah. it would make more sense. You know? Yeah, come over for some majors. For like then, majors, yeah, that's a good prediction. No, I like that take. One or two more years, I think. Probably, I think she could dominate the way she did last year. This year, unless there's some young talent, because as far as the players I already see, I don't like most of the do- more dominant players are older. Like Kristen yeah. Tatar is younger than. People like Owen Scoggins. She, I don't know how old Katrina Allen is. She's maybe a similar 40. age. Paige Pierce. 
Katrina Allen's 40? Pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. 41, That's crazy. So, yeah, like, I think Kristen Tatar could dominate for another year or two. She's just mm-hmm. built different. <laughs> yeah. But she could, I mean, if, yeah, she seems like a family person and she seems like she has more goals than just than just being a professional disc golfer. So I could see that becoming thing. She could also go the Paul Uliberry way, though, mm-hmm. and have his leadership foundation and also institute and also. I mean, low key kick butt on the course yeah. and make it to the Pro Tour Championship. Oh, for which sure, is crazy, for and sure, amazing. Um, but also something I think Latitude sixty four has going for them is what you mentioned earlier, and that is the beginner disc market. Yeah. They have it yes. mastered. Yes, <laughs> Discraft is starting to figure out though with the Z Light and some of their stuff. Like their starter sets, I have to imagine sell like crazy. But as far as like actual beginners who are like i'm in disc golf to stay and i need lightweight discs or i need mm-hmm. super flippy discs they are killing it and more companies need to do that mm-hmm. i shouldn't make an analogy for every one of my other hobbies but i also just got into motorcycles recently i've been riding and like i realized that every company their most sold bikes are their like 300 400 beginner mm-hmm. entry level bikes and it's just like that's what you're going to sell the most of yeah. get at it, it. <laughs> like that that chart looks like a chris like a funnel like an upside down funnel. <laughs> yes like yeah anything that people get into your entry level people is your biggest part of your pyramid yep and then everything goes up from there so that, that makes a ton of sense yeah so that's the list that's the podcast guys thank you so much for joining yeah. us brad it's been a pleasure it, any it awesome. final shout outs where can we find you on social medias and things like that um, you can find me uh, at all this is Brad on Instagram. That's mainly where I do a lot of my Let's like and hollering. <laughs> and then uh, in the bag podcast happens if you are a uh, uh, Spotify Apple uh, podcast listener. Those go live at five p.m. on Friday. They go live on our video uh, YouTube channel, uh, Foundation Podcast, or on YouTube. If you haven't checked out Foundation Disc Golf, foundationdisc.com. Make sure you check us out there. <laughs> AtlasDiscGolfSupply.com and DiscDot.com. So, Heck nice. yeah. Yeah, In the Bag's great. He does that with Robbie. It's a great podcast, guys. They'll be putting out episode 56 next week. Yep, so yep. be sure to tune in. <laughs> Make sure to check it out. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Brad. And thank you so much, listeners, for sticking with us. We will see you next week. You will listen to us next week. Stay swanky. Stay swanky. <laughs> Stay swanky.